0: Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 27 of Revelation chapter 3. And we're continuing to look at verse 12. Him that overcometh while I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. And we've looked at the first part of this verse and we're continuing on. This is a pretty um, large verse. There's a lot of information here. And we're at the point where it says, and I will write upon him the name of my God. And, Here, once again, the Lord is referring to the individual that has overcome through Christ, or that Jesus has saved, Christ has taken that person's sins, and and through his atoning work, he has delivered that individual and made him one that is overcome, that is overcome, The demands of the law of God as as Jesus has paid that penalty on their behalf. And this person, the Lord says, I will write upon him the name of my God. God is going to write on that individual. He he will write upon him his name and we wonder well what is god telling us this for what does he mean by this well um the bible tells us a little further in the book of revelation in chapter 7 where we read of uh angels that are holding back the four winds of the earth four angels are are standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth nor in the seed or in any tree. That's verse one of revelation seven. And the emphasis on the number four is telling us that this is a universal application that God is referring to the whole world, that this, whatever he's going to tell us will have uh, effect upon everyone. And uh, actually, it will have impact upon those in the churches and those in the world. And then it says in verse two, and I saw another angel ascending from the east having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. And then in verse three saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees. Till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads." And if we're looking to understand, well, what does God mean by sealing the servants of our God? All we have to do is turn to Ephesians chapter 1, and it says in verse 13, "...in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, "...in whom also, after that ye believed..." You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is what seals an individual that God has saved. And the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. That is the down payment. God has saved A sinner and he's given that person a new resurrected soul and he gives his holy spirit to dwell within him and this is uh, an assurance it's a guarantee Uh, just as a down payment on the house is a guarantee look i'll i'll pay the rest but of course with much more absolute assurance because it's coming from god as far as the salvation plan is concerned he has saved the soul. He has uh, begun his salvation process within that man or that woman. Uh, he, he has saved the spiritual side, their soul existence, and and he has also guaranteed he will return and complete the salvation by saving the body with the resurrection. And so the Holy Spirit is the seal of promise that God will complete what he has started. He has begun a work of grace and he will finish it. He will most certainly, absolutely, without any question, there's no possibility that he will fail to do this. The Holy Spirit is the promise of God that he will finally make that person whole, perfect in body and soul and without sin. And and that's what is being said here in Revelation chapter seven. That uh, hold back now, hold back the judgment of God upon. Well, it it would be upon the church to begin with as judgment begins at the house of God That's why it goes on to say in verse four of Revelation seven, I heard the number of them which were sealed and there were sealed one hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And then it lists twelve thousand from this tribe and twelve thousand from the next tribe until twelve tribes have twelve thousand sealed from each one. Twelve times twelve thousand is a hundred and forty four thousand and these are figuring they're a picture of the first fruits unto God, all those that were saved during the church age. God could not begin to allow these four angels or messengers to allow his wrath to come upon the churches until. He had sealed everyone that he intended to seal, to impart his Holy Spirit, to save, in other words, throughout the centuries of the church age. And then once that was complete, that judgment could get underway. And that's exactly what God did. Now, we read in Revelation 14, in verse 1, where the figure of the 144,000 is picked up. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion. And that would be Jesus, the Lamb of God, standing on the Mount Sion. And and we'll see that Sion is another name for Jerusalem. And uh, it can be used to describe the corporate or earthly Jerusalem, Jerusalem below, or the heavenly Jerusalem. And with him, a hundred and forty and four thousand. Now, in this case, Sion is pointing to the eternal heavenly Jerusalem. And and these 144,000 are those saved out of the church age. Having his father's name. Now, here is the important thing to our verse in Revelation 3. Having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Now these hundred and forty four thousand were sealed. They, they received the seal in their forehead and, uh, it was in the forehead because God likens the mind, and and that's where our minds are located with our hearts. They're synonymous. Heart, mind, and soul are basically synonymous in the Bible. And when we receive a new heart, we were sealed in our forehead. And Revelation 14.1 adds that this means we had our father's name written in their foreheads. The mind the soul, the heart of the one that has become a child of God and sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, now completely identifies with the Father. We are owned by God. He has bought us with a price. And therefore, we possess his name. And that's what our verse is saying in Revelation 3.12 And I will write upon him the name of my God. And God has written his name upon you, upon me, upon any that is a true believer that has been born again. We have the name of God. Compared to someone not born again, as it says in Revelation 13, and this is the case of every unsafe person in the world where it says in revelation 13 verse 16 and he causeth all both small and great rich and poor free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads notice here their forehead just as the 144,000 were sealed in their foreheads and it's the same reason because this Indicates the mind or soul, the will of an individual, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom, let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, not a man, but just man, And his number is six hundred, three score and six, 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 six. And that's two thirds, just as we find in Zechariah chapter 13, that it's God's plan to cut off two thirds and to bring one third as gold and silver through the fire. And that's exactly what he's doing at this time, as he has made division of the human race, and all those that he has saved, the great multitude, have their father's name written in their foreheads. All those he has not saved, uh, many more, billions of people out of the population of the earth, they have the mark of the beast, uh, the, the mark in their forehead, and the number of his name upon them. That is, they are part of the two thirds that are cut off at this time since God shut the door to heaven and their eternal fate has been sealed in, in that sense, guaranteed also where they will be destroyed. And, and so everyone we could say today has a mark upon them or has a name written on them. Everyone has either their father's mark, the almighty God's mark written in their forehead, or they have the number of the beast marked upon them and the name of the beast. Uh, Everyone now, their eternal state is settled. There's, There's no one who has the mark of the beast that is going to receive the seal of God. That everyone to be sealed has been sealed already. Well, let's go back to Revelation 3 and verse 12. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. Now, this is still referring to the child of God, the elect And the one overcoming through Christ. He has the seal of the Father in his forehead. He has the Father's name written there. But not only that, God says. He's not only going to write upon him the name of my God. But also the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. That is this Individual, Actually, all of them, all the elect, all, all that God saves are going to be identified with God. Yes, they're going to be completely identified with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the name Christian, with the word of God, with all that God is. The name of God refers to the complete person of God and and all that he is as found in the scriptures, and the true believers identify with him. But true believers also will identify with the city of my God, which is this city called New Jerusalem. Now, the Bible has long spoken of a city. Um, for instance, we can go to Hebrews, and we'll read of God's people of old time that looked forward to a city. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly, that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. God has prepared for Sarah and Abraham and going further back for Noah and Abel for all the people of ancient time for all the true believers down uh, through the many centuries of biblical history from the very beginning. God has prepared for them a city now Christ in the first instance is that city Uh, he himself, but he's also putting together a city that is comprised, it's made up, it's built up, it consists of his people, the body of believers. Now, we we discussed this before, where the Bible speaks of the house of God or the temple and uh, refers to individuals as living stones being added to the city, The Bible also uses the figure of a wall in the book of Nehemiah as the wall was built in 52 days, pointing to the acceptable year of the Lord or the uh, time of God's salvation plan in which he is building the wall of Jerusalem. And the Bible refers to the building of a city. They're all uh, basically saying the same thing. For instance, in Isaiah chapter 44, it says in uh, verse 26, That confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah ye shall be built. And I will raise up the decayed places thereof. That saith of the deep be dry, and I will dry up thy rivers. That saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. See here God is connecting those two ideas to Cyrus, a, a type and figure of the Lord Jesus Christ, is the one who issues the proclamation that the temple is to be built. But but see how the building of Jerusalem and the temple are joined together, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. And God is joining those two ideas. It's, It's the same idea as discussed in the book of Daniel. Remember in Daniel chapter 9, in verse 24, seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, and upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublous times. Here God is making reference to that proclamation to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah. And the Bible uses the figure of building Jerusalem, of constructing that city to point to God's salvation plan. In Hebrews 12, it says in verse 18 and following, For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burn with fire, and run unto blackness, and darkness, and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet. And the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Now, this is referring to um, Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus, where God gave the law. And here he's saying, you're not coming to that mount, to Sinai. And uh, the sound of the trumpet, actually, back in Exodus 19, The word for trumpet is yobel, which can be translated as jubilee. But uh, here is the contrast the Lord is making in verse 20. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake, but. Now, this is the contrast. You're not come to that mount, but you're come unto Mount Sion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. And here the firstborn is referring to Jesus. It's the church of Christ which are written in heaven and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect. See, the contrast is the Mount that we are approaching is not Sinai, where the law was given, but it is Zion. And here it's uh, spelled with an S in the Old Testament. It's normally spelled with a Z. Zion, the, this is the Mount of God, and noticed that it's called the City of the Living God, the Heavenly Jerusalem, where there is an innumerable company of angels or messengers. An innumerable company of God's people dwell in Sion, the great multitude that God saved and brought out of great tribulation dwell. In Zion, all the first fruits, the 144,000 that were saved over the course of the 1955 years of the church age dwell in Zion. All of God's elect saved throughout all time dwell in Zion. God has been building up Zion throughout the history of the world from the very beginning of those that he saved we know definitely abel was saved from abel through all of the elect that he saved until the last one that was saved before he shut the door to heaven at the end of the great tribulation prior to may 21 2011 before uh, that day came the day of judgment and so god Uh, speaks of his people as a city. He says, for instance, in Revelation chapter 21, in verses 1 and 2, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared or that's the same word as ready, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now we also read a little further down in verse 9 of Revelation 21. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And then the Lord goes on to uh describe this city in a, a very grand way throughout the rest of the chapter of Revelation chapter 21. And he is describing the the bride as well, because they're one and the same. He's describing all of the elect of God, you know. It's very interesting how the Bible speaks of this city and how God speaks of his people as a city. Let's just look at one last verse before we end tonight's study. In Psalm 102, Psalm 102, we'll just look at one verse, verse 16. And it says, When jehovah shall build up zion he shall appear in his glory god has been building zion for thousands of years but when he shall build it up when he shall complete it when the construction is finished then at that point he shall appear in his glory well, that's something for us to think about before we get together in our next study. Let's consider all the scriptures, actually, that uh, we've had uh, an opportunity to read. And let's pray for wisdom that the Lord would grant us understanding concerning his word and especially concerning the things that he is doing in this day of judgment. May he grant us The understanding of the revelation of his righteous judgment and and only he can do that only God can open up our minds and give us this kind of wisdom Uh, as he says the wise will understand none of the wicked will understand but the wise will